Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Scott Wurzbacher. And today we're going to talk about what it means to say yes to adventure. I have with me my friend, Diane Hayworth from Warrington, Virginia in the Blue Ridge Mountains. She is a spiritual coach, teacher, author, TV host, and founder of the Be Love Principles. Diane combines traditional coaching techniques with neuroscience and deep spiritual truths to help clients connect to their own inner wisdom and become more clear, calm, and confident. Diane is author of How to Choose Love When You Just Want to Slap Somebody, and she was recently inducted into the Evolutionary Leaders in January 2022. Now, I recently received a newsletter from Diane. And the subject line was saying yes to adventure. She and I have known each other for a few years now. And when I got that email, I knew immediately that she needed to be a guest on this podcast. Adventure means something different to everyone. For some, it's climbing Mount Everest, while for others, it could just be a short walk in the woods. For others still, adventure is following a calling to an unknown outcome. And Diane is here to share her story of following that voice that called her to adventure and the deeply spiritual journey that came after. Diane, my friend, welcome to the campfire. I am so excited to be here. I appreciate this opportunity so much. Thank you. And welcome to everybody that is watching this. I'm, I'm just really thrilled to be here and appreciate the invitation. Yeah, thank you. This is so much fun. So um, you live in such a beautiful place in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I just, could we just start there? Could you tell us what it's like to live in the Blue Ridge Mountain area of Warrington, Virginia, and just that natural beauty that you get to experience and, and how, it, how it affects your daily life? You know, I was born here, and I think that um, here in Virginia, we're really blessed that we have um, oceans, beaches, and we have mountains. So you're either a beach chick or a mountain person. And I am definitely a daughter of the Blue Ridge. It, it absolutely infuses everything. You can see, I mean, I've got wood elements all around me here. I live on a couple acres. Uh, one day this summer, there was a bear looking into my window and I'm really not even that far outside of town. So that connection to nature, to me, just is an invitation from that inner spirit to remember where we came from, the purity, and talk about adventure. Every time you go into the mountains, it's different. It's just different. And to me, that is just a beautiful, beautiful invitation. Yeah. And so you grew up there. What, I mean, what was it like growing up in that area? It was, I mean, it was very tiny little town at, when I was there. I mean, when I was growing up in town, um, it was really beautiful because where we are is about 45, 50 miles outside of Washington, D.C. So literally in this area is where President Kennedy and Jackie came to ride horses on the weekends. We had lots of folks here from the federal government. So it's a little different than just a regular urban, right, or a rural environment, I should say. But you're out in nature all the time with lots of equestrians here, lots of outdoorsmen. Yeah, it's just a beautiful, quiet, peaceful place. And I, I love it. I just love it. Yeah, kind of the best of both worlds, too, because, I mean, as far as you are from D.C., it's not that far to be able to go and be in the middle of the excitement. But, uh, you yeah. know, also um, not so far that you're you've got all that peace in nature right there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really blessed. Blessing to be here, I think. So for somebody that grew up in that environment, I mean, that might be a foreign environment to a lot of people listening. What, what does adventure mean to you, to somebody that grew up in the Blue Ridge Mountains? You know, I think this might be a little different than what you usually hear from your guests. To me, adventure 
is choosing to be fully present in every moment. When you're out hiking, and I know lots of folks that listen to this um, are really avid outdoors people, you have to be so aware of every place you place your foot. You're not thinking about, did I put carrots on the grocery list? Did I remember to vacuum right out the back of the car? You are so present. And what I found is there are so many invitations from life to be present where we are, that an adventure could be a walk. It could be a trip. It could be saying goodbye to a friend that is getting ready to transition. There's just every opportunity for adventure when you see that through the eyes of love. And that's what I try to do. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the things I want to get into is you kind of tell your story is, you know, we do have, we've had a broad uh, variety of guests on this podcast. And and I, like you said, I mean, adventure means something different to everybody, right? So as I said in the intro, I mean, it could be climbing Mount Everest, but it could just be that walk in the woods that you're just talking about. So um, like, what, what is the common thread there between those varieties of, of people and the, the kind of the extremities of of the adventures that people look for? You know, I think it is, they're all ways to come back to self. So if you are, and there's lots of them here that walk the Appalachian trail, for example, Mm -hmm. um, you are so focused in where you are in the moment. You are listening around you. You are paying attention to what's going on, but there's also this beautiful openness that we often don't have if we are just kind of mired down by thoughts of the past or worries of the future. So to me, that that thread is presence Mm. and an openness to really experience what is coming up for you. And sometimes it's scary. It was not pleasant when that bear came to the back door, I have to tell you. What's a little scary? But you woke up, didn't you? (laughs) But it was so beautiful to see this creature that I didn't, I mean, we have deer and fox and and turkeys are all on this property um, because they just, they just go through, but just, yeah. I mean, what an adventure that day was and not what I expected. Yeah. I love how you define that though. Like the, I mean, obviously the bear is at your window. You wake up, you're, you're very present to that. You're very aware of it, but you, you talked about presence and you talked about adventure being, I think you said a way to come back to yourself to that real truth of who you are, not the, for me, who had lots of, uh, I was a real anxious kid. So to find the place of presence that is open to whatever adventure is there, whatever adventure is there. And Scott, I was thinking about you actually, as I was preparing for this, you know, you've got those beautiful kids. Hmm. We had an idea of what parenthood would be like but did that adventure match your expectation? <laughs> it didn't, I bet. It's an adventure for sure. Yeah, and it changes as the kids grow. It changes as you grow and evolve. So this idea of adventure to me has evolved now where I'm a, I'm a grandmother, I'm a business owner. This idea of adventure for me is everything from a trip where I'm going somewhere new to how can I be fully present with this beautiful soul in front of me? Mm. That to me is an adventure. I love this. So this is going to take us right into your story and, uh, and this, this voice that called you to your adventure. So, so let's get into that. Can we talk about your story? Oh, I'd love to. And I appreciate this. Um, I know that you've had our our mentor, Robert Holden, on the show, and that's how we met, actually, was in a mastermind. I was attending an event with Robert Mm -hmm. in Toronto, and this was May 2018. Mm -hmm. And prior to this time, in my spiritual practice, I had been asking, show me how to be an instrument of your peace. Show me how to serve. That had been part of my practice. So I show up for this beautiful three-day event, and the very first day, Robert invites us into pairs, and we do an exercise. And this is a room of about, I don't know, 250 people, I guess. And we were to imagine 
that we were seated on a, a foundation of love. And we were to go inside and quietly ask, love, what do you most want me to know today? Mm. And you and I know that love that's referenced is the intelligent, creative, expansive energy of all there is. Some people call it God, spirit. Robert calls it love. And that's what I do now. So I go into that place, take a breath, love. What would you most have me know today? And immediately it's like I'm in a movie. I am observing myself. I'm hearing be love and I'm okay. I'm seeing myself walk up to my daughter's house and there's a few steps that go up to the front door and there's a beautiful glass door on the other side of that. I see my grandson who at the time was about 15 months old. Uh I saw the energy of love going from my heart to his. Now I'm watching this as the observer, like, like a movie. But I'm seeing the love exchange between us. And then I heard greet everyone with an open heart without an agenda. The next second, I'm inside the foyer and I'm looking at my precious little grandson. But instead of seeing his form, I'm seeing this, this beautiful energy inside of his little body. And again, I hear a voice that says, see the divine essence in everyone and everything. The next second, I am in their family room and it's just my grandson and I. And again, he's 15 months old. We're playing blocks and he threw a block and hit me in the cheek. You know, the kid's not a great pitcher at this point. He's a toddler. (laughs) I get hit in the cheek and immediately I think, oh, he's just a kid. He doesn't know what he's doing. And the voice says, forgive quickly, completely, and unconditionally. Everything goes dark for me. And it's like I could see an outline of a door. And this door starts to just gently, gently, gently swing open just a tiny bit. And this iridescent, vibrant, golden light just starts shining out of this little door. Now, I've never been to Mardi Gras, but I think this is the energy of what Mardi Gras would be. It was just teeming with light and love and vibrancy. And even now, it's it's almost overwhelming because right then I heard, you're all trying to get back here. But remember, you never left the light of the all. And what I realized was all the love I have for my grandson is such a tiny, infinitesimal. It's nothing compared to the love that is here, not only for us, but is us. It's what connects us. And there was just this glimpse of understanding. And then, then it was over. And (laughs) quite frankly, my first thought was somebody put something in my coffee that day. Cause I'm trying to, I mean, that like, what a, like an amazingly like mind blowing experience, but you're sitting in a ballroom, right? Yeah. With all the, across from a partner who's looking at me and I've got tears streaming down my face and I can't talk. And, you know, I don't know what she thought. I, I just, she said, well, what happened? And I'm like, you know, something about love, whatever it was. But I was, yeah, it, it, it knocked me. I have to say, wow. it knocked me. Hey, everyone, it's Scott here. This podcast is a passion project for me because I absolutely love adventure. And it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that many of you know as the W Realty Group, that this podcast gets funded. This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. 
When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for your referrals. I am curious, like what kind of a reaction that you got from your partner when you, cause it sounds like you kind of, I mean, you, you kind of went into a state, right? Yeah. And, but it was super quick. I mean, I know now, um, well, I mean, I didn't know this person. Yes. Yeah. So she was, you know, are you okay? And quite frankly, I didn't know. I, I thought so, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what had happened. Yeah. As a matter of fact, after, you know, we did her part and we went back to our seats and Robert continues teaching. And I remember thinking, okay, I bet you meant to give this to that lady over there. Cause she looks pretty competent. I don't, I'm not sure. This, like I know I was asking. Well, I, I mean, right. I refused to call. Yeah. I remember thinking, oh yeah, I asked, show me how to serve. But I thought, you know, go to the shelter, pet some puppies you know, take some kids on a nature walk. <laughs> this, that's not what I thought I signed up for. And yet this, it was here. Yeah. This is, this is incredible. And um, yeah, Robert was episode 54 and it was a, an incredibly popular podcast episode. I got a lot of really great feedback. So, so for those that had, that heard that one um, I'm sure you all can imagine the kind of environment that Robert creates that w like helped put you into that place. Oh, yeah. um, I am just like from a, from like a, you know, a senses standpoint, like as you're describing this, you're talking about seeing energy and hearing a voice. Like, can you just like for me and for listeners, like, did you literally hear a voice speaking yes. and, and what it like when you saw energy, what did it look like? Um, well, I have been, I'm somebody that can imagine and see things, Yeah. but I don't, this is, this is not normal for me. Yeah. <laughs> not normal for me. So it was more, it, it was like a movie. There's the disembodied voice that you hear. And it was me in the movie. I'm watching myself in my mind's eye and seeing the energy. It was this, um, it's hard to put into words. It's this iridescent swirling energy that I, I saw inside my grandson and I can see now in front of people and, and it's not something just one person could do, by the way, I really believe we are all the same. We all, we have different skill sets perhaps, but we are all connected to that energy. I saw, we are all in the all. And I think that part of what happened to me was because I kept asking. Yeah. Right. I kept asking. Did the energy have a color? It was, um, the energy in my grandson, you mean? Mm -hmm. It was it was iridescent and changing. So it was like uh, there was purples, greens. There was just yeah. all kinds of things in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was all kinds. But the one at the end, that was this beautiful golden. Like that was really golden. Yeah. And was the voice a familiar voice? I can't say that, you know, it was the voice of my grandfather or anything like that, but it was, it was familiar and it was, it was so loving and so uh, kind. It made me think of a, a loving parent or grandparent that would, you know, just be explaining something. It, it wasn't, it was not scary at all. And this is from a lady who gets scared by a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't scare me. It was, yeah. it was too loving. Yeah. Thank you for the detail. I mean, it's just like, I, it, it takes me there and it's um, hopefully helpful to the listeners as well. But um, essentially you were given three principles, three statements. Yep. Four principles. Four. Okay. Four principles, because remember you never left the light of the all that is ah, that, that's the fourth that's one. That last one. Yeah. That's that last one. Um, and I didn't know they were principles. I didn't know what the heck this stuff was. But I had an opportunity to use it within, with less than 24 hours. Um, yeah. Yes. I want to go there and I want to, I'm going to make sure we come back to like, I don't want to gloss over the part where you refused the call. Um, the well, that went about, on for months. So don't worry with there's plenty, there's plenty okay, of I want to make sure we come back to that, but tell us what happens next. So I go back to, to class thinking, I, I didn't know if I'd been drugged. I didn't know if I'd had some sort of a, 
some kind of a mental issue. I mean, this just was this just was not normal for me. Um, I was quiet, and Scott would probably know that's not normal for me either. And I uh, went through the evening, and because I was away from home, I talked to my husband that night on the phone. And uh, I didn't say anything about this because I literally was still processing it. And he shared with me that um, a friend of ours who had gone through a horrific divorce had his, his ex-wife had taken their seven-year-old son, their only child, checked into a hotel, thrown the child off a 25-story balcony, and then she jumped. So obviously this is shocking whether you know the people or not. Yeah. And we didn't stay on the phone long because we're both processing. Yeah. Um, I had to try to go to sleep. I was supposed to go to class the next day. So I, as you can imagine, I'm tossing and turning. I'm seeing this woman. I'm seeing the child. I'm seeing our friend who's the husband. Um, and I, it was very difficult. And about 3 a.m., I literally sat straight up in bed and said out loud, I know I can't do anything, but how am I supposed to be with this? And immediately I heard, be loved. Greet everyone with an open heart without an agenda. See the divine essence in everyone and everything. Forgive quickly, completely, and unconditionally. And remember, you never left the light of the all. And there was a just a knowing that I could use that as a process to help me understand, not with my human mind, but from this soul place, what, how to process the information and then, you know, what to do with it. And it, it so I started right, right there. And that's what I've been doing ever since, actually. Right there. I mean, first of all, I'm just getting like chills that whole story. And, and, you know, the second time that the voice came to you and repeated the four principles again. Yeah. Like, I mean, so this voice comes and speaks to you at, in Robert's seminar, right? Yep. And then you get some devastating news and then you like, yeah. and then you hear the voice again, like yeah. that so much to process. Yes. Like what, what's yes. going on inside of you and your mind? Like what? You know, often when uh, people are on adventures and I don't care if it's a physical adventure, an mm -hmm. emotional adventure, we try to figure things out with our head, right? What is the next move? Sometimes I've found when we really relax into that instinct, that that what I call the soul center, that inner wisdom, that's what I counted on to move me forward. Now, my physical body had to adjust because it was it was a shock. Actually, I ended up losing my voice for over a week. Couldn't speak above a whisper. And even that, I mean, talk about another adventure. I couldn't speak by the end of the next day. I could not speak at all. So. I couldn't tell anybody about this. I couldn't get information like, what do you think? What do you think? I had to process it inside. Yeah. In retrospect, it's perfect, but it was only confusing. I mean, it was only confusing at the time, but oh, it's perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah. So not, not being able to speak for a week was essentially like, Diane, you need to take a week to just process all of this and figure out what, what's going on and you know what else it did? Um, there was a, 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 we went to, my husband took me to the doctor when I got home and they, and I had some little prescription and part of the prescription was don't talk, right? And I had medication. So after a few days, um, I felt well enough that we could go out to um, like to lunch or something. And he went to the restroom and the waitress came over and I had a little pad and pencil and I just, you know, wrote on here, you know, um, can't speak. And she started screaming at me only because that's what you do when you think <laughs> like you can't hear. And in that instance, Scott, I realized 
oh my goodness, I feel isolated. I feel alone. This is a tiny bit of what that woman felt when she thought the only option she had for herself and her child was to end things. And then I started understanding how isolating it would be to be in years of depression or have physical issues or whatever it is that's, that's happening to you, right? And then eventually I understood how what I came to, to call the Be Love Principles could be one tool to help people come out of that. Give them a different perspective. When we're, the way I look at it is when we're in a constricted space, right? Where we're all we can see is our own misery, our own grief, our own fear. That's a very constrictive energetically. Mm-hmm. What the principles do is help expand your perspective. You go from an ego or personal personality-based, right, understanding to this expanded, what I call divine view. And then you just see things, you see things differently. But it's very easy to tell you about this now. At the time, I thought, you know, they're going to lock me up. People are going to think I'm crazy. And they already had their doubts anyway, because I was already doing spiritual and energy (laughs) stuff. And I thought, well, this is it. Off I go. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm having a hard time getting past that like first 24 hours and understanding like you've got these four principles and you've got this devastating news like are you are you connecting dots at that point between what happened earlier in the day and then the news that you got that night and and cuz you've kind of like immediately jumped into and I think you said like I started right there because I'd asked the question how do you want me to be with this and I heard be love and then I was given this reminded of the process So I have a practice of asking that what I call this inner divine wisdom, the same wisdom that's in you and everybody that's ever going to listen to this. Asking, right? Show me, show me what to do. And I'll be the first one to tell you sometimes I don't listen, but that day I did listen. (laughs) That day I did listen. That day I did. So can you take us forward from that day? What happens next? So I come home. And the very first thing that happened is I was uh, supposed to be giving, get this, a sermon and teach a class for um, a church up in the Arlington area, a pretty big church. So I couldn't speak because I couldn't not talk, right? Because I was going to go. So the day that I get there to preach, I'm in the the minister's minister's, uh, room before they call us up. And I said, you know what I told you I was going to speak about? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's great. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about something that happened last week. And he went, okay. Because I knew even then, this wasn't for me. It came through me. Yeah. Just like we are all conduits, right? We're all conduits if we allow ourselves to be. So that that sermon was really just a recounting of what happened. I didn't know what it meant. But I saw it move people to tears and still does it to me. Yeah, still does it to me after it's almost five years, actually. Yeah, five years. So the Be Love principles are born. Yeah. They, they came through you. And what have you done with the Be Love principles since? Like, can you talk about your journey since that time? It is a continual asking right? What do you want me to do with this? I use them every day myself. So before I get out of bed, actually, I will pray the principles. Um, Show me how to see this. Even in those early days, when I was just trying to figure out what the heck is going on here, uh, I would take one principle and try to apply it for the whole week. Like, what would it be like if I really, really, really tried to greet everybody even that guy that's kind of a jerk on the road next to mine. What if I tried to greet him with an open heart without an agenda? What would that be like? And then I would take the next one for a week. And I just was working with them myself. And eventually I shared them with clients. I created a class. Um, And then I was told, not by the voice, but in meditation, I was told to create a case study around the principles. 
And I actually did a three month case study, which happened to be January to March, 2020. So, I mean, how crazy is that? And that was one where I was told, you know, you're going to do a case study and you're going to study how people use this and the effect in this. And my first reaction was, I don't have time for that. It's not, that's not in my Q1 plan for 2020. Yeah, there's a lot that, that wasn't in our plans in Q1 yeah. of 2020. Yeah. But can I tell you, um, it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. And it was very, very little instruction. But what I found over, it was a small study, but I actually had people fill out a little eight-point survey every week. And again, this I was told to do this. This wasn't anything I would have figured out. And what I could see at the end was even when we were in those months of terror, I mean, we didn't know what was going on. Well, you know, we all lived through it, right? What I found was people's experience of self-love increased. People's, get this, their sense of peace increased. That's crazy. People's idea of connection, their feeling of connection to source or something bigger increased. So now, not only do I have this crazy story, but I actually have data to support how it changes folks. And That's I never would have done any of that. Yeah, can you can you give us? Do you have some kind of highlights of what that of what that data shows? Um. Well, I happen to Scott right here. <laughs> of course so, you do. Um, self love went up fourteen percent. Feelings of peace went up seventeen percent. This was for the group. Certain people went up and down, and all of that. Happiness went up 14%. Now, who's going to be happy when you're going to be locked down? But my folks were. They were <laughs> happiness increased. Their idea of life situation, which this one was, I thought, kind of weird. Um, this one, that went up 17%. Now, remember, you were going to be locked down with wherever you were. So that was interesting. Uh, their sense of divine connection went up 29%. And this is the one that still blows me away today their sense of clarity. Now, remember, January to the end of March, and then I actually did some follow-up stuff. It went increased by 60%, mm. 60% over what arguably could be the most chaotic yeah. quarter we've ever been in, right? Especially because March is like, that was oh. really uncertain. I mean, you know, there was, it was, that was the very beginning of it. And, you know, yeah. that was, that was right in the middle of the, the toilet paper fiasco and, you know, uh, all of that. And the images we were seeing, the yeah. images we were seeing from the West coast. And then we were seeing from here in Virginia, we were seeing from New York mm. and I had folks in my study it was a small study, but I had people that were themselves had um, immunization issues people who had elderly parents they were terrified about, people who had, you know, just regular life stuff like everybody does. But connecting consciously through the principles increased their clarity and their sense of peace and calm. I just think that's amazing. That's it's amazing. So can you share how, how you use these principles with the clients to, to create those results? Well, first we teach them what they are. And then here's something that I, I have always, always been open to the principles teaching me, right? You and I mentioned parenthood before. Our kids teach us a lot. The principles to me have their own energy and they continue to teach me. So I remember I was working with a client who was having an issue with, I believe it was their, the person's spouse. And I said, well, would you like to take it to the principles? And they agreed. So we meditated together and I led them through. So I said, can you see this person, right? With an open heart, without an agenda. Mm. So they're seeing them not in their constrained mad view or wherever it was. Then I asked, can you see their divine essence? Because when we're mad, we're seeing the whatever their, their personality, whatever the action was. We're not seeing who they are, really are. And then, Scott, I had to use the F word, forgiveness, right? That's the biggie. Yeah. And I don't ever force anybody into anything. This particular client was very open to it because 
this is again where I saw the brilliance of the sequence. If you see somebody with an open heart and you see their divine essence, it's much easier. Oh, I can forgive the human part of them. And then I have a practice where I have the client imagine themselves in this beautiful light and whoever they want, they can invite into the light with them, not to condone behavior or excuse anything. What it does is just helps you see the connection we all have. Still deal with the, the human part, but it's so much easier to deal with the human part. I don't care if it's on in one-on-one -on -one relationships, your relationship with your health, with adventure, with your relationship to politics. But if you can look at it through that shared perspective of the oneness, it empowers you to see and act differently. That's what I found. And that's how I work with clients with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering about kind of the before and after. I mean, this is, you didn't show up at that Robert Holden event expecting this to happen. No, no, I did not. I almost was, didn't, I almost didn't go. And this was that. five years ago. And so it was that, you know, that, you know, from what you explained, it sounds like it's something that happened really in, in moments. I mean, like that, yeah. it was just it, a very few moments and it changed your life. Absolutely changed the trajectory of my life. There is my, I would say it's my passion, but it's more than that because I think sometimes our passions, you know, we choose to have passions. I'm passionate about this project or that. This is just, this, this is just the path. And luckily I am passionate about it because I see how this particular tool, it's not the only tool, but this tool has helped alleviate in me and in my clients and in my students worry and concern. And does it mean we're all on top of unicorns jumping over rainbows? No. But what it does mean, we have a tool now that helps us navigate. And for me, I don't know what you think, Scott, but for me, I don't think the world is calming down. I don't think there's any getting back to normal. But I do think each one of us is being called to consciously create a more loving, collaborative, respectful world where we all can thrive. Yeah. And I think this is one way to do it. I want, I want my politicians and my family members, I want to run a business where as much as I can, I am acting from that foundation of love. Now, is it every day? Quite frankly, no, Scott. There's days I fall off the old foundation there, but I get back on a lot quicker than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're you're a girl that grows up in the mountains and this is your adventure. And this was not something that you ever imagined. It, no. It's something that, that you experienced that happened to you and it's changed everything for you. You, you went through this experience. Now you've kind of, kind of gotten an acceptance with it. Now you're teaching these principles. I do want to touch on that. Like the fear and the doubt. Yeah. Like how did, like, what were those fears and doubts and what happened along the way? Well, it was just like I had mentioned, you know, well, this this had to be a mistake. I know the divine doesn't make mistakes, but maybe this was at one time because like, why would you give this to me? Why would it why would this happen right to me? And I do want to say incredible things happen to folks all the time, but nothing like this had ever happened yeah. to me. So there was doubt. Can I what am I supposed to do with this? What if I screw it up? What how you know, it's just me in this tiny little place in the world. I, I'm not in the middle of New York or LA. What am I supposed to do with this? So there was all those doubts. But what I realized when I got quiet, doubts, fear always come from here, always come from that ego perspective. And our, our dear Robert, when I talked to him about it, he said, well, Diane, if you think your ego is going to carry this out, you have every right to be terrified. <laughs> that's that a great, great that sounds like a robert answer that's great yeah, you should be scared but that's not that's not who's going to that's not how or who is going to let this work flow right so as much as i can 
I connect not only to my own inner wisdom, but I think of the principles as a business partner, right? They're like my partner. How, how do we work together to, to work with this? Um, yeah. And some really amazing things have come through. You just have to yeah. get out of the way. We just have to get out of the way. That's it. Get our ego out of the way. Yeah. How do you do that? You have to be consciously aware of when the ego is at play, which for me is most of the time. Um, I have spiritual practices that I have put in place now for years and years and years. I've been meditating for probably close to 30 years now, which was everybody thought was weird when I first did it in this little town, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I see do, that, yeah. yeah. I do journaling. I study A Course in Miracles, which again was another weirdo thing to do in a little traditional Virginia town. <laughs> and that every step as much as possible, I go to the show me what's right, show me what's best for me, show me how I'm here to serve. And just, just like you know, people show up. I have been in bookstores. Remember when we had bookstores? where a book would literally fall off the shelf in front of me. And of course I would go to pick it up because I'm going to put it back on the shelf and it's exactly what I needed. And I didn't even know I needed it. So I do my best to pay attention, but I trust that the guidance that my personality and my ego is seeking, right? That it's here for all of us. It's here for all of us. I love that you just, I actually, when you said pay attention, like those words were in my head almost at the same exact time. Cause yeah. I was like, that's what I was hearing. Like you talked about the book, but you know, I mean, this voice that you heard, the energy that you saw, mm -hmm. I think things like this, uh, we do, many of us experience it, but we're not paying attention. I think that's a good point. And I think we also don't put it in perspective. I remember being a little girl in the sixties and on Sunday night, uh, we would watch Walt Disney World. No, we would watch, yeah, the world according to Disney, whatever it was. And I remember Walt Disney having a little sketch pad and talking about Walt Disney World. And my father saying, that guy's nuts. That's swamps and alligators. But he had, he paid attention yeah. to visions. He followed that pull. And now, ha ha, daddy, there's right. Walt Disney. World has been there for 50 right. years. We right. all have these. We just maybe don't think of it as intuition or guidance, but we all get it. Yeah. So you just called it intuition or guidance. Mm -hmm. I would like to tie this back to what we talked about at the very beginning, mm -hmm. which is saying yes to adventure. Mm -hmm. So can we yeah. kind of let's bring this all together and talk about like your story and, and what this can teach us about saying yes to adventure. You know, what I mentioned in the beginning was to me, adventure had a lot to be, uh, to being present with what's going on. When I am present with the energy, what I call the energy of the be love principles, mm -hmm. there are doors that open. There are wounds that are healed. There are, there's just opportunities that occur when I say, yes, I'm here. I'm open. They just, I'm just convinced would never, it just wouldn't have worked that way. Cause it would have been like, you know, at my age, it would have been much more expected for me to be out on the front deck, just rocking in my chair, waiting for the grandkid to get over here. <laughs> That's not what's going to happen. I really look at this as the most active part of my life. The adventure of raising kids is children is over. The adventure of nursing my parents to the end of their days, that's over. This is the adventure I'm saying yes to. Yeah. Being of service, to helping people understand how they can connect to that inner wisdom that we all have. What freaking greater could, adventure could there be? Yeah. To me, it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah, it sure is. What an incredible story. So what what what's next for you? Next, I was told, actually, um, there will be a, a version of a live class and coaching certification because I saw what the principal showed me, actually, was 
the way to get the work out quicker is to help coaches and teachers learn it and and let it spread that way yeah yeah because it's not it, it's yeah this is not mine this is my honor to be the ambassador and to, i say i'm the founder they really found me i didn't find them quite frankly but i know what else to call myself when it came to this it, yeah i'm here to to just spread this to any heart that's open to hear it yeah that's it yeah okay i love this and you know, one of the things we talk about in this podcast a lot, which ties into this exactly, is this voice that calls us to adventure, yeah. right? But you have to listen, right? So, um, and I think sometimes like what we just talked about, we might call it not paying attention or not being present, but that may be the reason why we don't listen to the voice. Or maybe we hear it and we just kind of disregard it. Or right. we're busy. We think we're too busy or I'll get to that later. You know, I, I've got to go watch the latest episode of Housewives or Yellowstone or whatever it is. Right. Instead of, yeah, sitting in that presence. Yeah. Or, or possibly thinking like, you know, you have the thought, but you're like, eh, I'm not going to do that. Like people might judge me. Like my, what are they going to think? Or, oh, yeah. or whatever. How, like, what's, what's your advice like for your coaching clients and, and for listeners? Like, how do you best listen for that voice that calls to adventure and not disregard it? That's such a good question. And I really appreciate you asking it. What I find and what my clients and students find is that when the doubts, when the voices that try to talk you out of something, when they are fearful, when the energy is anxious, stressful, that is not that inner voice the inner voice that called me to this adventure. And when I think of it, every other adventure that has been true to my heart is this consistent, loving voice that is supportive. And it is never, ever negative, anxious. That's just not, that's just not the way it is for me or anybody that I've ever spoken with. But to hear that, you need to be in a place of peace, which is the number one reason I go take a walk in the woods. Mm. Why I want this is, can you see the uh, tree behind me? That is the angel oak. And to me, I just love the idea of being enveloped in nature because that's where I, it's just a beautiful way to hear the voice to me. Rather it's artificially here or if it's right out there. Sometimes I just put, um, get flowers and put them on my desk. Anything nature element helps me connect, especially the beginning. That was a yeah. big thing for me. And you're living in it there in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I am like, living in it, buddy. Just, just, you know, for, for um, at the risk of like repeating something too many times, what is it about nature that allows you to connect with yourself? To me, it's the purity. It is the non-judgmental aspect. Uh, I may in the past have gone out to lunch with friends and worried, you know, Oh, do they, do they think this is the right, I don't know, shirt for this restaurant. I never have felt judged by a squirrel, a tree. <laughs> I never felt um, like a, for me, there's also is a water element. You I've turned it off because we're recording, but I have a fountain here in my office. Even when I'm working, if I'm writing, I have a YouTube with um, a babbling brook or rain in the background. There is just this purity and authenticity to nature. There's no pretenses. A tree is a tree. If it was hit by lightning and it may not be pretty according to us, it still lives in all its grandeur just as it is. Yeah. And it reminds me to do the same. And is it safe to say that that environment helps you to be present and connect with yourself? It does for me. Um, do I think, I mean, I've certainly visited cities and I can meditate at the top of, you know, the empire state building. It is easier for me to be in nature. However, yeah. it just is. And if I'm in a city like too long, yeah, I got to get to a park. Yeah. I got to get to the river. I got to get to a lake. I yeah. Well, to... you commented at the beginning that for you, adventure was being present and connecting with self Mm -hmm. And you, you can do that climbing Mount Everest, but yep. there's plenty of other places that you can do that as well. 
So adventure means something different for everybody and you don't have to go to a far off place in order to find it. You can literally look into the eyes of your beloved pet. Mm. That could be an adventure. Yeah. It just, yeah. Every, every second could be one if we allow it. it to be. I love it. So Diane, I'm having this visual of this experience that you have in this ballroom. Yep. When Robert Holden gives you this inquiry and uh, you know, this is, this is a major thing and Hollywood's going to pick up on this at some point and they're going to want to film that and make a whole movie about it. And I want to know like when they do the story of Diane's life, who's going to be the actress that's going to play you in your movie. Well, I would love another Virginian who is also a goofy brunette, and that would be Sandra Bullock. <laughs> nice. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> she was right down the road, actually, and she's just enough Sorry. goofy. And, and yeah, I, I would love that. And a brunette, so yay. I love it. Sandra Bullock. And you know, Robert Robert said Tim Robbins. Oh, gee, so, that's perfect. So Tim Robbins is going to be up on okay. stage, and Sandra Bullock's going to mm-hmm. be down in the audience. Yeah taking in the be love principles. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to watch this movie. What's it going to be called? You know, I wonder if it might be called the title of my book, how to choose love when you just want to slap somebody because it really (laughs) helps you be, because who doesn't, I don't do that by the way, but doesn't mean I haven't felt like it, but just that conscious, I'm going to choose love. I'm going to make that my choice. Something like that. But I'll talk to Sandra about it, see what she thinks. I love it. We'll give she can give us some input. <laughs> yeah. So Diane, if people want to get in touch with you to find out more about you or your coaching practice or the Be Love Principles, what's the best way for them to do that? You know, I have everything all in one at morefromdiane.com. And that's Diane with one N, D-I-A-N-E. And then you can get links to my YouTube and you can get a free um, you can actually get a free meditation and a little ebook about the principles until the Hollywood movie comes out. Uh, and you can follow me there. Now, it would be my honor to, to just to help share this with other people. And thank you so much, Scott, for giving yeah. me this opportunity to do this. I love you have everything in one place. That's, that's amazing. Um, and thank you so much for being here. And for those of you listening, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Diane's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure. Because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thanks for listening. Diane, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And thanks to all of you.